Who's your trusted source when it comes to your facility questions, concerns, and needs? Ours is Hard True, the world's largest manufacturer of tennis court surfaces, equipment, and accessories for over 90 years. Partner with their trusted team of experts, along with collegiate greats Jamie Loeb, Alex Rybakov, and Dustin Taylor to bring the service provider of over 30 professional events annually to your facility. Whether it's the red clay of the Houston ATP, the green clay courts of the Charleston WTA, or the official hard court of World Team Tennis, Hard True has you covered. If you're looking to build a court, convert a hard court to clay, or simply resurface your hard court, work together with Hard True in their mission to lead the tennis industry by creating better places to play. To learn more about their state-of-the-art surfaces, along with their catalog customizable on-court accessories, check out hardtrue.com or call 877-442-7878 today. That's hardtrue.com or 877-442-7878 today. GSP Ace of the Day presented by Turner Tennis. Now, before we get to our picks for Wednesday's matches at Wimbledon, I want all of you listeners quickly to think of your ideal tennis racket. Depending on who you are, the brand is going to differ. Some of you are thinking about Babolat, others Head, others Wilson. I'm probably one of six people to still be thinking about my beloved Prince Graphite, but regardless of the brand of racket we may be thinking, all of us can see the iconic blue color of our friends of Turna Tennis on the grips of these rackets. Of course, Turna Tennis, the only grip that gets tackier when you sweat its performance in hot and humid conditions unmatched. If you would like to join the Turna Tennis family, you can contact them by emailing sales at uniquesports.com or calling 800-554-3707. You mentioned we here at Crack Rackets sent you. They'll hook you up with college pricing, hook you up with free samples, and most importantly, treat you as family. We are so grateful for the continued support from our friends at Turna. The least we can do ask you to support them as well. Turn a tennis, contact them at sales at uniquesports.com or call 800-554-3707. Of course, for all of you listeners looking for a further recap of the action happening at Wimbledon, tune on over to our mini break podcast feed. We'll recap every day's action each day throughout the fortnight at Wimbledon. So if you are looking for more coverage, that is where to find it. Of course, here on our GSP Ace of the Day, we make our selections for our picks from when, uh, each day's matches today. We are going to be picking our matches from Wednesday, June 30th. Worth noting, so far so good here on our Ace of the Day segment. We don't want to change anything. Thus far, 5-0 and 5 overall, up 6.62 units. Of course, that means five wins, no losses, five bets, still outstanding. We had a bunch of day one picks carry over because of the rain. All of them delivered victories for us. Our Evans-Harris parlay, that's Dan Evans-Lloyd Harris, ends up cashing in. We also get another win in a parlay as Fabio Fognini, Katie Bolter, Dennis Shapovalov all end up earning victories as well for Shapovalov. 5 
upsets over Cole Schreiber. That was the one we had to sweat out, but across the board there, that makes us 3-0-3 on day one. We've got a bunch of futures picks still outstanding. Djokovic to win the men's event, either Berrettini or Zverev to win that quarter of the draw. In terms of our bets for Tuesday, the ones that delivered the goods, we got a couple of overs hitting for us. Over three and a half sets in Kyrgios Umber. The moment Kyrgios took set one, that was great news for all of us who have participated or are following along here on the ace of the day because you knew Umber was going to fight back. But for Kyrgios, if he doesn't get that first set, sometimes he fades away. That wasn't the case, so that was fantastic. And then, look... With the lack of tennis we've seen from Roger Federer, with Adrian Manorino's specialty being grass court tennis, him being a lefty, lefties into a one-handed backhand, always something you note, I really did think the over three and a half sets was going to hit, and even with Manorino withdrawing in the fifth, the match still went over three and a half sets, thus it still chalked up as a victory. That was minus 117, one unit to win 0.86. Again, we still have two outstanding parlays, uh, Angelique Kerber, Tennis Sandgren, delivery victories, but we're still waiting on results from Nori, who's down a set, Kontave, Konya, and Tomjanovic, who have yet to start. Those are out on the board heading into day three, where, of course, we have a wide selection of matches to choose from. Day three, going to get funky. You've got to mix of first round and second round matches across the board. It's the first day that, knock on wood, does not have rain in the forecast. They're going to be trying to play catch up all day long. They've got some matches outstanding that still need to complete. So, of course, if live betting is your thing, that is something some of you may want to consider. We don't have any parlays on the board yet worth hedging because we still have two legs out there for both of them. If we were, you know, 2-0 and with the third leg, then you start to consider to hedge if you still got two outstanding bets on the board. Uh, probably still a little bit too soon to hedge. But of course, we've got another fantastic day of picks for all of you listeners set up here on today's segment. So with that in mind, let's get to Wednesday's picks for our GSP Aces of the Day. First time we're going to do this here in this 2021 tournament, I have a straight up money line bet for all of you listeners on the board today. It involves Dennis Kudla who I think it's safe to say may be, and I think this I'm stealing someone else's joke. I apologize for doing that, but he might be one of the last grass court specialists we have left on the ATP Tour. You look for Kudla here in the warm-up events to this Wimbledon. He ends up making the Nottingham Challenger final, and while that was a challenger-level event, he beats Liam Brody, who made the second round of Wimbledon. He beats Dan Evans, who was the number one seed, second round of Wimbledon. He beats Camille Matrasek, who ends up winning the Nottingham 2 challenger. And then, you know, he loses to Francis Tiafo in the final. He ended up beating Tsitsipas first round of Wimbledon. That is a high level of competition. He then goes to Nottingham 2, beats Kevin Anderson three sets first round. Anderson, another guy who's made the second round of Wimbledon before losing to Matrasak in a three-set quarterfinal. Kudla's ranking meant he had to play qualifying to get into this event, and he had success along the way. Beats Pellegrino, beats Zouk, beats Federico Gayo once again. Again, in a three-set straight set match, the final round of qualifying best of five sets, and then comes back from two sets to love down, makes the match physical against Alejandro Davidovich Fokina to advance to the second round here at Wimbledon. You look for Kudla, 30-18 and 18 in his last 52, certainly has been boosted by this grass court portion of the season, has had success at the challenger level all year long, made 
finals of Orlando before he became one of many to fall short against Jensen Brooksby, lost in the semifinals of Tallahassee to Bjorn Fratangelo, ends up winning the Carey Challenger final back at the end of November. So again, he's been playing top 125 tennis across surfaces now once we get to grass courts. That's where Dennis Kudla has had the most success throughout his career, 7D and 41 on the surface across levels in his career. That's a 63% win percentage. That's the highest on any surface in Dennis Kudla's professional career. Of course, we've seen him make the Wimbledon round of 16 before. That was, you know, a while back now, all the way back in the 2015 season. But we've seen him make deep runs. You look back 2019, he ended up losing second round to Novak Djokovic. You look in 2018, it was a first round loss to number 17 seed Luka Pui, 2017. Uh, ended up falling in qualifying. My argument's getting thinner as I go, but the point being... 70 and 41 speaks for itself. 63% win percentage. Dennis Kudla's best surface is grass. If you watch him play, it makes sense. His ability to target open space on the court. I mentioned this on a mini break podcast, but his ability to hit the serve out wide on the deuce side, then play that plus one ball to the ad side of the court. Just force his opponent to move across that baseline, which is difficult to do on these grass courts, change directions, send all of your momentum going the other way, and then his willingness to move forward, his ability to hit that first volley to the open space comfortably, his ability to hit the drop volley, his ability to go down the line off of both wings, how flat that backhand is on this surface, his ability to take returns early, make you uncomfortable, get the point back to neutral with his return. His skill set makes a lot of sense here on these grass courts, and now you know, in the second round, he's got a matchup against a fellow unseeded player in Andreas Seppi. You look for Seppi, currently ranked number 90 in the world. The 37-year-old is far off his career high of number 18 back in 2013. And you look for Seppi, he's been fine over the last 52 weeks, 21 and 21 overall. You look for him in the warm-up to this event. He also lost to Matrizak in three sets. That was in the Nottingham quarterfinal. So had he won that match, he would have played Kudla. In the semifinals in Eastbourne, ends up as a lucky loser in the main draw, beats Nishioka, beats Rusevori before losing in the quarterfinals in three sets to Max Purcell. He won his first round match four sets over Jao Sosa uh, to advance to the second round. Now you look for Andreas Seppi. What do he and Dennis Kudla uh, have in common, it's that I believe both of them were able to complete their matches on Monday. So both of them have had a full day off before the second round. That's not the case for some of these players. So, you know, again, there's no rest disparity between the two of them. You look for Seppi in his career, 69 and 51 on the grass courts. Now, I don't believe he has ever advanced uh, to uh, the round of 16 at Wimbledon, but you look for him in his career at Wimbledon. He has made the round of 32 back in 2009. He made it again in 2013. That was a year he ended up making the round of 16. That's the only time he has advanced to the round of 16. Last time he made round of 32 at this event was back in 2015. Look again, from a metrics perspective, you look over the last 52 weeks and the level of competition has been relatively similar because they've both been guys playing at the challenger level. Kudla has been a little bit better 
than Andreas Seppi. You look at you know the numbers, first serve win percentage, Seppi at 69.7, Dennis Kudla at 71.9, hold percentage, Dennis Kudla 78.7, you look for Andreas Seppi, he's at 75.6, even the break percentages, Seppi at 24.8, uh, Kudla at 25.5. Uh, five. Kudla's just been a little bit better serving, returning across the board than Seppi, and neither of them have an overwhelming weapon. I think this is a match that gets physical, and I just think Dennis Kudla, eye test, metrics test, is playing better right now than Seppi, and obviously the odds in this match, fairly close. Minus 143 odds for Dennis Kudla. I think that's a little low. I think we're getting some value there. You look at Tennis Abstract's, uh, you know, per, uh, singles forecast for this event, which again runs the numbers. Dennis Kudla, 52.9%. Andreas Seppi, 47.1%. So that's pretty close to that minus 143 number. I just think Kudla's playing better, straight up. So give me Dennis Kudla to win this match. We're going to cut 1.5 units on it to win 1.05. Again, the Kudla minus uh, money line, minus 143 over Seppi. I just think he's playing better tennis then sappy right now give me kudla to win the match again 1.5 units to win 1.05 that's ace of the day number one ace of the day number two is an over under bet and it's a bet on a trend that's emerged for Kei Nishikori. You look at his last 12 Grand Slam matches, eight of them have gone four sets or further. You look for Nishikori in the more immediate uh, past uh, for him. You know, he played Roland Garros that first round match against Giannessi, goes five sets. Second round match against Hachinov goes five sets before he has to retire in the third round. You look for him at the Australian, uh, excuse me, at Roland Garros last year. He plays five sets against Dan Evans, five sets against Trevaglia, you look for him at the U.S. Open last year, four sets against Klon, uh, in 2019, excuse me, four sets against Klon, four sets against Demon Hour. Kane Ishigori plays long matches, and usually he comes out on top in the end, and I think that's going to be the case here. Certainly from an experience perspective, you look for Nishikori, 47-26 and 26 in his career on the grass. His opponent tomorrow, Alex, uh, Alexi Popperin, 7-6 and six in his career on the grass, but... I just think Popperin's got weapons. Big serve, big forehand. You know, it's been a while for Nishikori since he's played at Wimbledon. He's only played two grass court matches in the past year, uh, in the past two years, excuse me. And it was a three-set win for him over Barankis, round one, Hala. Then he loses in three sets to Korda, round two of Hala. Korda's got a better backhand, more well-rounded skill set than Popperin, but that serve, that forehand that Pop, that Korda's able to produce, very similar to the one that Popperin has. I just think Popperin earns a tiebreaker set in this match, and while I ultimately do think Nishikori advances, give me this set, to, uh, uh, this match to go over three and a half sets. Let's stick with the trend here. Minus 165, we'll throw one unit on that to win .61. Again, um, do I think that Popperin ends up winning this match? upsetting Nishikori, and Nishikori is a money line favorite in this one. No, I don't. I do think Nishikori is just experience on the surface. His ability to, you know, neutralize a serve with his return, take that return early, and then, you know, get serves and balls into that backhand of Popperin, move Popperin around the court. I think that wins out in the end. Nishikori minus 265, Popperin plus 205, but I do think Popperin 
good enough to get a set. You look for him 29 and 22. In his last 52, he earned his title in Singapore back in February. The quicker the surface, the better the popper in. Give me popper in to get a set, but ultimately Nishikori to advance over three and a half sets, minus 165. One unit on that to win 0.61. That's ace of the day number two. Now, of course, ace is three and four. A couple of parlays for all of you listeners. And again, we have a couple of outstanding parlays still on the board from yesterday for those of you who want to monitor that action. We are we, we need wins from Konya and Tomjanovic to complete a plus 200 parlay with Kerber. We need wins from Nori and Kantebe to complete a plus 157 win with Tennis Sandgren. The ones I want to add to the mix tomorrow, let's start with the two-person parlay. I have said on multiple podcasts that I think Amanda Nisimova is a dark horse candidate to have some serious success at this event. And you look for Anisimova over the last 52 weeks. The results haven't been particularly spectacular, 15 and 15 overall. But you look at who those losses are to. Three sets to Kerber in Bad Hamburg. Kerber goes on to win the event. She's lost to Kudermatova, Goth, Svitolina, Sakari, Andrescu, Muguruza, Mertens, Halep, and then, you know, Claire Liu, who, by the way, uh, that was a withdrawal, though. She loses to Andrescu. That was a three-set match in Miami. A lot of three-setters across the board. And look, does Anisimova have a huge track record on grass to turn to? No, she's only played nine matches on the surface in her career. Five and four overall, she did lose to her opponent in tomorrow's match, Magda Lynette, in the second round of the 2019 Wimbledon. But... I just think Amanda Nisimova is starting to play some really good tennis again, and when her serve is landing, her ability to play plus one, her ability to go after second serves that are hanging in the court, she plays on her terms. It's Kvitova-esque. She's not in Serena Williams' Power Tennis Country Club yet, but, you know, again, we're monitoring her progress. Should she get back to that 2018-2019 in particular form, uh, then we're going to obviously have to start having that conversation again. And I just think Lynette doesn't have a big enough weapon, whether it's physically or from the ground, to hurt Anisimova consistently throughout the course of this match. And I just think Anisimova, who's currently ranked number 81, she needs this win. Like, she needs to start gathering some points. She needs to get herself back comfortably into that top 70 so that she doesn't have to worry about playing qualifying at the big events on the summer hard courts or, you know, again, God forbid, falling outside of the top 100 after she reached number 21 back in 2019. You know, you look for Magda Lynette. I don't think she's played the best tennis of late of either. 11 of 15 in her last 52. She had a point this season where she lost, I believe, eight of nine matches consecutively. Now, those were on clay courts and hard courts, respectively, and not grass courts where she's 20 and 24 overall in her career. She's won in a 100K event on grass before. But again, while she's got creativity, while she moves pretty well, I just think Anisimova is going to overwhelm her with her pace. I think Anisimova has been locked in since the start of this 2021 season. Give me Anisimova minus 210 over Lynette. Give me Anisimova to right that 2019 result where, again, she lost to Lynette prior uh, to, and I just think, again, that's a, that's a match you remember, certainly. If you were Amanda Anisimova, that is part uh, leg number one of parlay number one. Who I'm going to parlay Anisimova with? Karen Hatchinov. And, of course, we have a Hatchinov rule. The moment you feel comfortable on a Hatchinov selection, that's when it comes back to bite you. But 
He's minus 455 over Igor Gerasimov tomorrow. The two big numbers for you, Gerasimov, 2-9 in his career in grass court matches. Now, he did knock off Jay Clark in round one, but Hachinov's a different monster than Jay Clark, and that gets us to number two, uh, number number two. You look for uh, Karen Hachinov, 18-11 and 11 in his career on grass courts. These last three Wimbledons, he's gone round of 32, round of 16, round of 32. His three losses in that event, Nadal, Djokovic, and then to Bautista Agut as well. His losses on grass in general, of those 11, here here are the uh, nine of the last 11. Feliciano Lopez, three sets this year, Mallorca. Rublev, RBA, Berrettini, Berrettini, Djokovic, RBA, Nadal, Federer. You have to be pretty good to beat Karen Hatchinov on a grass court. He's able to play with a level of physicality that few others are able to match on this surface. His serve, his forehand, tailor-made for this surface as well. And again, the 3 out of 5 set format brings out his best tennis. Give me Anisimova and Hatchinov as parlay number 1, minus 125 when you throw them together. That's good, not great. But I'm feeling good. I'm sticking to my guns. I'm, you know, putting my money where my mouth is. I said Anisimova's a dark horse. If she truly is, she gets through this Lynette match. And then, again, for Hatchinov to beat Mackie McDonald, I don't expect a, a letdown tomorrow against Gerasimov. Minus 125. We're going to throw one and a half units on that to win 1.21. And then parlay number two, a little bit more straightforward. Elena Rabakina, minus four, 455 against Claire Liu. Claire Liu has played some outstanding tennis of late, and she finished off her match today uh, with a victory 9-7 in the third set, her first main draw win at a slam since 2018, but you look for Claire Liu, who ended up getting the win in her match over Masaki Doi. She now jumps up a completely different level in Elena Rabakina, who does already have a job at Serena Williams Power Tennis Country Club. She's, you know, not an official property-owning member yet, but she's already in the circles that are important moving forward. She has that gear of power tennis that, respectfully, Lou just hasn't been seeing on the ITF circuits. I think it's another step up for Lou. I think Rabakina is playing some exceptional tennis of late, of course. Quarterfinals Roland Garros, semifinals of Eastbourne before she ends up getting knocked off by the eventual champion Ostapenko. She looked really good. In her first round win, straight sets over Mladenovic. I think her power overwhelms Claire Liu tomorrow. In terms of a sort of reverse dynamic, I just don't think Madison Brangle has enough weapons to hurt Sonia Kennan. And if you can't hurt Kennan, you give her time to get into her patterns. You give her time to work her variety. You're just not going to beat her. Kennan minus 315 over Brangles feels like a steal for us. I was working that into a parlay the moment I saw it. Now, we need someone to juice the odds because Rabakina and Kennan aren't enough. And this is where a little bit of hubris and a little bit of gun instinct come in. I just think Casper Ruud's a baller at this point. I think he's a guy who physically is going to figure out ways to win matches, even when he's on a surface in a grass court, that is certainly not best suited for his talents, his forehand, his ability to work with the ball around the court. But I just think physically he's on another plane right now. It's he's and not in terms of like the Djokovic Nadal elite level, but he's got that degree of physicality, that degree of anticipation, that ability to just track down everything opponents throw at him and make adjustments and just work his way into matches. That is a quality of top top 15, top 10 sort of players. And I just don't think Jordan Thompson has a big enough weapon to hurt Casper Ruud with. Now you look for Jordan Thompson in his career 
32 and 30 on grass courts. He's made an ATP final on the surface. He's had some success, you know, winning uh, matches at Wimbledon, I believe, before in his career. Has he won a match at Wimbledon? He certainly won qualifying matches 2016. He loses first round 2017, first round 2018, first round 2019, first round. Okay, I don't think he's won a first round match at Wimbledon before. Now, he has had success, a lot of it, at the challenger level. And again, made a couple of finals at the both the ATP and challenger level on this surface. Certainly physically is able to move the ball around the court, respond to first strikes, hit that ball down the line confidently because he can get his feet there. But... I just don't think he's got a big enough weapon to hurt Kasparud with. I think Kasparud's going to be able to find a lot of forehands, play on his terms, move Thompson around the court. And when you're playing on Kasparud's terms, you're in trouble because he's not a guy who beats himself. Now, if you parlay the three of those players, Rabakina, Kenan, Rude, the odds get a little bit spicy. Let's do that again. Rabakina minus 455 over Claire Liu. Kennan minus 315 over Brangle. Kasparud minus 190 over Jordan Thompson. And for those of you who are wondering, yes, Kasparud has not played uh, more than 10 matches in his career professionally on grass courts, but again, it's a gut instinct. You parlay Rabakina, Kennan, and Rude, plus 146 odds. Let's just throw a unit on that to win 1.46, but I like that one. Rabakina, Kennan, Rude, plus 146, one unit to win 1.46. That's ace of the day number four, and to recap our aces, give me the Kudla money line, minus 143 over Seppi, 1.5 units to win 1.05. Over three and a half sets in Nishikori Popper and minus 165, one unit to win 0.61 in a Nisimova Hatchinov money line parlay that's minus 125 that's 1.5 units to win 1.21 and then last but certainly not least give me a Rabakina Kenan Rude money line parlay plus 146 one unit to win 1.46 as I mentioned at the top if you're looking for a further deep dive on all of the action happening on the grounds at Wimbledon tune on over to our mini break podcast like rate subscribe review to all all of our Cracked Racket shows, I wouldn't ask if it didn't help. And of course, if you need the more immediate updates, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, we are at Cracked Rackets. You want to message me directly, I am at Great Shot Pod. A shout out, as always, to our super producers, Max Fligner and Daniel Westoff, for the <laughs> of an editing job they do day in, day out. Shout out as well to our friends at Turner Tennis. Remember, sales at uniquesports.com or call 800 554 3707. With that in mind, for our wonderful super producers, Fliegner and Westoff, our friends at Turner Tennis, and from all of us here at both Cracked Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network, I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. You know what we say. Hey, great shot, and may the odds be ever in your favor. Good luck, everyone.